0: This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Friday, March 19th, 2021. Welcome to the 30th episode. If this is your first listen to my program, I share the writings of Billy Meyer, Figu, and others. On this program, you will hear interviews and discussions with various people on what has been named the Silent Revolution of Truth. This is an effort through the teaching and the contact notes to free humanity from the overly materialistic thinking, ignorance, overpopulation, and violence, largely brought about by religion. I'm reading the um, Introduction to Medica- Meditation um, by Billy and so it's been on my mind a lot of course because I read some it, from it every day some from it every day and um, I like to read his books all the way through and then I go back and slowly study them so this book isn't any, any exception and when I came to um, page 356 Billy talks about uh, different types of meditation, specifically um, transcendental meditation. And um, so I'm going to read that passage from the book, and then I'm gonna speak a little bit about my own um, experiences with TM, as they call it, or transcendental meditation. Every human being who logically follows wise thoughts or imaginations on a conscious, loving, and mentally controlled wise during meditation practice, acts provocatively. The product resulting from it represents nothing but euphoria and absolute imagination. Hereby, precisely the same effect appears that is called forth through the so-called transcendental meditation, which, through irresponsible, sanctimonious ones and supposed meditation masters is dishonestly presented to the human beings, who therefore fall into a fully unrealistic euphoria. For example, this applies to the meditative erroneous teaching that is spread by Swami Mahesh Maharishi Yogi in Siliberg. But exactly the same also applies to the methods of the Swami Omkaranda Karananda, sorry, of the DLZ in Winterthur, and Germany, as well as the methods of many others who call themselves gurus, masters, godsent ones, yogis, swamis, or whatever, and who find so many followers. These irrational teachers thereby went so far as to tell their believers a fib that they could learn to fly. However, the so-called meditation methods of these super holy ones are only built on greed for profit and on a large potential knowledge of the human psyche. I'm sorry, on a large partial knowledge of the human psyche, which only too gladly responds to such primitive machinations, such as sectarians and holy ones of meditation. Because in his or her erroneous life, the human being is always searching for that which is new, and searching for the real truth and for his or her salvation. Usually many of these searching human beings, however, fall prey to sectarian prophet sharks, some of which were just named. Many more names of such fraudsters and and irrational teachers could still be named, but that would ultimately lead too far. To conclude this line of names, however, the name of the most dangerous and humanity mind dulling, exploiting, and enslaving, as well as human humanity destroying felons to be mentioned, who, with tremendous suggestive might, still forces many searching ones under his spell even after his death. His name L. Ron Hubbard, truthfully a science fiction writer by trade, who founded the malicious and human destroying sect Scientology, a criminal who was wanted by many states on earth in order to be delivered to the courts. For many years, however, this arch felon had been able to escape the mesh of the law while cruising the vast expanses of the oceans, while the followers who had fallen in bondage to him cast further human beings under his spell, still cast them under his spell, exploit and psychically terrorize and totally destroy them, even though Hubbard is no longer among the living. So I, I I'm not um I, I haven't really had any experience with um Scientology, but I do know that they now have a a TV channel that they broadcast out of Hollywood or at last last I heard they did. And um I mentioned a few years back that I thought this could be a pretty significant uh development because of the effect that media has on people. I know they have their own channel, so they're going to have a, a lasting, I think, a continuing effect on humankind. But um, what I really want to talk about is what I do know something about, and that is uh, transcendental meditation. I, uh, When I was a young woman, uh, about 24 years old, I was having... Um, many difficulties, not only in a relationship, but in a job I was in. I was just having an extremely difficult time in my life. In fact, um, this time in my life was um, kind of culminated in, I think, probably what you would call a, a an emotional breakdown of a sort. Um, I lost all my self-confidence and um, I basically had to just pick myself up and, and start over. And during this uh, this time that I was um, so distressed and um, having a sort of awakening to certain things um, that that my life was really you know that I had the choices that I had made had gotten me to where I was at, um, someone suggested to me that I learn transcendental meditation. I had never heard of it, and so I. Was curious, but then I forgot about it. And then many years later, maybe about, oh, I don't know, I think I was in my early 30s. I was. I um, sent my middle son to a uh, preschool where the teacher taught the kids meditation, and it was transcendental meditation. And so I proceeded to learn transcendental meditation from this teacher now luckily for me um well I could have never paid what people say some people pay six thousand dollars to learn a mantra a one-word mantra to repeat over and over you know they they're taught to you know clear their minds and just focus on this mantra and I was nowhere near had the money for to do that but they did charge me about 250 dollars to to learn meditation. And um, I I thought, I was very excited about it because I thought meditation would be a good thing for me to, to learn to do. And I loved that my son was learning it. Luckily for us, this particular teacher did not push all of the unreal um, things that were believed in the transcendental movement on us all we did and I've talked to my my son about this and he's had the same experience I did we were just given a word uh and in my case it was the word shirim which doesn't really mean anything um it's really not supposed to it's supposed to be kind of a neutral sound they say it's supposed to be kind of a pleasant sound I I didn't know it didn't strike me as one way or the other that we just focus on repeating this word over and over again And my son doesn't remember the word that was given to him, but the same thing. And I I feel very fortunate that she didn't push any unreal um, expectations on us. She just um, explained to us that um, it would help with our focus and concentration and um, calming the mind. And she was very supportive of... um, the fact that I didn't, like so many other parents, keep my TV on all the time. I kept it off for long periods, Um, not only because of the programming, but because um, I wanted my children to have time to have silence in their life. And so um, I didn't find out until I started looking into it that they, um, you know, they had claims that they could fly. And I saw videos on what they call yogic hopping, and to me, it looked didn't look like flying at all. I didn't buy that one bit that they were flying. Uh, it looked like they were just using their, their, you know, propelling themselves up, which looked like it was probably pretty painful, actually. And hopping across the mats, um, supposedly they were helping each other do it with their combined energy. I, I didn't really know what to think of that. And I wasn't really interested in that. I just kind of pushed that away and instead became interested in the Ayurvedic, um, medicine aspect of what is promoted with, through the Transcendental Meditation Movement. And I really studied and looked into uh, Ayurvedic medicine to see if there was anything to it, to see if it was helpful. Um, I can't really tell you at this point. I didn't find anything harmful, but um, a lot of the products that they sold were very expensive uh, out of my pocketbook. So I, I bought a few of the teas that are supposed to help with the different um, doshas. I'm not going to go into any of that. Um, but other than that, you know, it was interesting to me and then I moved on. Um, and I stopped, um, actually using that mantra years ago and just, and tried other forms of meditation. And, um, I, I, have had experience also with meditations that want to invoke that euphoric state and, um, and have probably, um, myself invoked a mild euphoric state in trying some of those meditations. But luckily for me, um, I didn't stick with any of them because, um, they just didn't, um, you know, uh, they just, just didn't seem to be what I was looking for. So luckily I didn't have any, any breaks with reality or anything that can happen when you're doing some of these different kinds of meditation. Um, and then I was lucky enough to find, um, the teaching and the correct forms of meditation so um that's what i, I and also i'd like to say uh, much to my surprise i didn't realize this either that the actor director david lynch i think he did dune and um i also think he was responsible for blue velvet the movie and i think maybe twin peaks he might have been involved in that i don't know i'm doing this from memory And he set up a foundation to introduce Transcendental Meditation into the school systems. And I know that um, the public uh, schools of Chicago um, were at one point um, using Transcendental Meditation in the classroom, which kind of makes me uh, cringe a little bit. But one thing I will say, what, what really drew me to this was the one thing they did tell us that was kind of that was Unrealistic um, was that transcendental meditation would promote world peace, and I was very interested in that. and And the teacher that that taught me uh, this meditation also was uh, sincerely um, someone. Her name was Cheryl Beckett Thompson, and she uh, Thompson Beckett, and she was the one who taught this to me. And she was very sincerely interested in world peace. And um, as I posted recently on Facebook. Post- Facebook. We, we lost her this uh, last year at the end of 2020 to the COVID-19 disease. My guest today is Andre Elian. Andre's name is a pseudonym taken from the last name he's using, that is, is a pseudonym taken from the, um, the Book of Names that Billy wrote. I am uh, honoring that um, an anonymity for Andre, as I know other people also use pseudonyms on social media due to the sensitive nature and controversial nature of the Meyer material. Uh, I'd also like to note that during the interview, Andre and I experienced uh, significant technical difficulties. There were many times I couldn't hear him speaking. He could hear me, but I couldn't hear him most of the time when we were having issues. And so I've noticed that that um, during this interview and during some of my other interviews, which I really didn't know what was going on, that it sounds as if I'm speaking over my my um, guest. And the reality is I don't hear them talking. I think that there's silence there. So I'm, I'm, um, you know, filling the silence and asking questions or making comments to help kind of help the interview flow. And in reality, they're speaking also. So I'm, I'm going to try and see if I can figure out how I can solve this problem so this doesn't happen anymore. But until then, just know that um, there are times that um, my my guest is speaking and I don't realize it. So, before I start the interview, um, I'd like to read something that Andre sent me in preparation for our interview. I think people often underestimate the seriousness and the groundwork that Billy and the Playaron have laid here, because if we help ourselves with the goals of helping others, then we're really achieve very much. We are all here to contribute something for the greater good of our collective and for each other into the future, to throw the stone further and further than before. Because at the end of the day, we owe it to the people who came before us, who suffered and struggled through hardships and atrocities unimaginable. To those who went hungry or were persecuted or who were robbed of living full and rich lives at the hands of insanity by their own or others, we owe it to them and to ourselves, to want the best for our fellow human beings, because we are them in so many ways, only a few lifetimes apart, and it only takes a shift in perspective to see and start to slowly feel more connected to one another. Andre, you're... you're from sydney correct
1: australia yeah yeah, i'm from sydney that's right
0: <clears throat> but i noticed that you actually are you came from argentina
1: from yes. you know, what you
0: and um so are you argentinian
1: yes i have dual citizenship yeah okay yeah
0: and um so that's pretty interesting I've never been to Argentina or Australia so closest <laughs> I've gotten is New Zealand too
1: wow, yeah New I heard Australia, about yeah. your trip to New Zealand I'm oh yes Indian that's right yeah. it's a, such a it pretty, such a pretty place it is yeah
0: it's beautiful I I really enjoyed it and I loved seeing my son who was at the time living there oh that's so good. yeah so I um. I I like what you said um you know when you when you um, said who who uh, I was before the
1: teaching, yeah.
0: And do you want to share with me what you mean by that?
1: Um, I guess I was just was a pretty average kid with uh, lots of interests. Um, I had lots of ambitions. Um, they were very materialistic. Um, <laughs> I remember saying things like, oh, yeah, I'll have a house in in Boston and then maybe one in Greece, <laughs> and I'll have a few pets and things, and, you know, I'll be doing something to help humankind and the world's <laughs> age. Um, but um, these are all very naive, I suppose. I mean, I was very young. Wow.
0: Yeah, well, I think your choices are kind of interesting, Boston and Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What made you choose those two locations in particular?
1: Well, at the time I was uh, studying, reading up on um, the American Revolution. Okay. um, And that was something that was of interest to me. And I always um, found uh, a lot of interest in, like, classical art and Greek mythology and history. So I, so both of those were primarily uh, history related uh, decisions. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Coming from those interests.
0: Yeah. And um, I'm sure you've realized too, that the probably the version of the American history that you, about the revolution you read was quite colored. (laughs) By, Uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, you know, made to look, um, you know, they leave so many things out about it's the victorious struggle for freedom, yeah, from England, you know, yeah, and uh, it's kind of interesting when you find out later, all the other
1: it's very romanticized, yeah,
0: isn't it? Like most war, I find, Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah and right. so and that's part of the awakening I think as we get older whether it's because of the teaching or because we've decided to delve in and read mm. other authors and researchers. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. know. But but something um you you mentioned that um when you were a child that you were bullied by the students and the teachers, <laughs> but mostly your teachers. Yeah. And the reason the reason I bring that up is because I had bullying um experiences also. And one of my sons really had, well, two of them actually experienced one with the teacher and uh, the other one with classmates. And I was thinking the other night about why, you know, like I was thinking about my own particular situation as to why they decided to, you know, bully me. And I don't know why this popped into my head. I just was, you know, how you kind of revisit things and you're, you're looking at it in in, in a more neutral way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I was looking Uh, at thinking about how I must have seemed very different. Like you, you were saying, you know, I guess I was different. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, and it means you're different from, you know, what the usual was going on, you know, in, in the school you were in as far as socially and maybe how you dressed and maybe what you said or what your interests were or, you
1: know i i mean yeah yes. um i was just a kid at the time so i guess it comes down to a handful of things i mean um <laughs> i um wasn't a straight a mm-hmm. student um like I said I was pretty average in terms of uh, an academic term um and I think the other part of that was um them as people um you know being fallible well some children
0: Um, aren't bullied not all and... kids. Like, like I, I have one son that never experienced it.
1: That, that's you know? True, exactly. know, yeah.
0: he was able to somehow avoid yeah. it. So, I don't know. He doesn't even yeah. know. He, says, he think... was quieter about, I don't yeah. know. Maybe he was fit in better. I, you know, I, we, we've discussed it. And he, he said, I don't know. I just, they just didn't, well, and he said also they didn't get a re- response at him. If they tried, he just stared at him. <laughs> Not everybody has that temperament. I sure, I surely didn't, you know, I, I probably was visibly yeah. upset when I was bullied. <laughs> I don't know about
1: you. I think, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, okay. So I think in some circumstances, uh, okay. I was probably um, badly behaved, <laughs> but it, but in the majority of it, um, either I was outspoken or um I rationalised that I just kind of became this target um for 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 yeah. stressed people to take out their frustrations on um and and I think that's you know You mean the adults, adults being around, irresponsible um,
0: the teachers and <laughs> That's that what I put it thing? down to
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the teachers and oh. and like okay. I, the bullying never came so much from students, but it was usually always the adult. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. And and if I ever had bullying from students, I dealt with it pretty well, and it mm-hmm. uh, went away very quickly. But it just made a very big impression yeah. on me. When it's it's a
0: shock, isn't I'd it?
1: See adults behaving because you're badly. expecting them to be, <laughs> you
0: know. Yeah protect you and be rational yeah, but, and yeah, steady. That's exactly. not always the case. Yes, it does. And um, Yeah. But so tell <laughs> me um, uh, what, you, you know, share with me how you found the teaching and uh, your experience with that and, and what led up to that.
1: Okay, so, uh, yeah, it was very atypical. Um, uh, from a few stories that I've heard, usually uh, people um, have sightings of UFOs. Um, other people just have a very strong interest in a particular thing, mm-hmm. I guess, that could be... It could come under that. Um
0: well, I noticed you liked the movie Contact uh, and that's something you you and I have in common and you liked Carl Sagan, but uh, it was one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. for a, for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: have seen it several, I will admit. <laughs> I've seen it several times because, yeah. you know, for many reasons. And and one of yeah. them was because yeah, the extraterrestrials were seemed like the the type that i thought were probably also out there not just the scary ones not just and they were you know possibly human looking i mean they were it was kind of you know it was kind of vague there well this is the form Mm. i think they said something about this is the form that Mm. you're comfortable with or whatever but Mm. but they were evolved more evolved and they were peaceful and they Mm. were they seemed like they were about the evolution of consciousness really struck
1: me correct um yes yeah, so i've seen yeah so i've seen mm-hmm. this a few times and it's i think it would say i would say it's still one of my favorite movies because um um she it was explained to the scientist uh, that uh the way in which she got to that place yes. uh, is the way they've been doing it for hundreds of thousands of years. Um, and that that's probably the safest way for um, ke- uh, alien or uh, extraterrestrial contact to be made because there's still mm-hmm. a lot more developmental changes that have to happen. Yes. Or with yeah, yeah. you know, with that fictionalized version of Earth. <laughs> um you asked about mm-hmm. how I came to it all. Um so I guess if I recall correctly, um well I had lots of interest in things uh in history um and things that concerned the contact reports before then, and uh, two things that stick out. The first one is um, I always wanted to, I wanted to know if there had been um, an advanced civilization on Earth before recorded history, um, and I thought that that might be the case, um, given that there were a few loose ends in our current. Um, understanding of history so there was that was something that was I was pondering at the time um, but I also wanted to know uh, that was something else. I, I also wanted to know what kind of uh, what was beyond um, I suppose what we see physically. Um, because of an experience that Do, I had Are you interested in sharing the that? Time. Yeah. Like my reason for being or my existence or devote my time <laughs> to helping humankind.
0: Andre? Um, Andre, are you there? Um, are... It's okay. The connection was yeah, yeah. so bad. I can't understand Sorry, was... what you said.
1: But... Oh. So yeah. you said something about okay. being 15. So and um,
0: after that, it was.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, when I was around 15, I decided that the most noble thing to do was to, uh, in my life, was to. Um, devote most of my time to help humankind um and I don't know why this come about but uh, I think it's just because I realized that my life should have a purpose and I thought that the most noble thing that I could do um was do do that um okay are you there hello
0: you know it's uh, in and out <clears throat> Your connection's pretty- pretty bad is there um okay all right some is it your is are you using what your cell phone connection is that what's going on
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's usually never this horrific,
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if you move a little I'll bit just move some. Because even, even when you were speaking, your it voice was now. kind of f- coming in and out, and then it got really bad. So,
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Yes, it's much better,
1: actually. Um, is it any better now?
0: Yes, I hope it does. Well, hopefully it okay, so go ahead
1: and <laughs> tell me what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So... At the age of 15, I just realized that the most noble thing I could do was uh, devote, uh, you know, I just thought I needed a, a, my life needed purpose. And I thought that that purpose was to um, help humankind and to, well, literally my words were save humanity, but well, you're um, 15, it sounds so naive you know? now. It's still,
0: it's still a noble um, thought, you know, even, you're just a kid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so that was something that I really held on to for, I've, I still hold on to it because um, it's, it means quite a lot to me um, for lots of reasons. Um, and, then, and then I had this experience that we briefly touched on. Um, I went out onto the field after a science class which was about atoms and you know equipped with this new information that everything was made out of atoms um, and you know we shared this you know building block um, it felt like something strange happened to me on that day. Uh, I went out onto the field it was it was a very extraordinary day because for some reason um you know, there wasn't a wind rustling or anything like that. And I just walked out onto this field and looked back at my, my colleagues and well, my fellow students and they went quiet and I guess I was meditating on this idea. And then I just felt like I was everywhere um, on that field. Um, and it just felt like, you know, um nature was watching watching me or i was being looked at and um i think that made a very big impression on me and um i sort of felt like i had turned a new page in my life at that point Mm -hmm. because of what i sorry you're saying
0: you felt a reciprocal Um, relationship with nature in other words you know you're aware of nature and you realize that nature was aware of you also or creation, or yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. right, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, exactly, and so you know, this was new to me, and it was very special at the time, because I had never felt sort of every in I had never felt as though my person was everywhere on that field, um, and in everything before so it was like a very eye-opening moment for me um and and then a few weeks later i i can uh, hear you i'm listening <laughs> can you <Yeah>. hear me
0: <laughs> that's good you asked though i know okay. i was quiet <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah a few weeks later yeah a few leak a few weeks later uh you know i started to have these what I would call strange happenings, and it was really just being a being very perceptive to other people's thoughts, um, which would mean that you know someone that I w- was thinking about, or someone popped into my mind, and then not literally within five minutes of that happening, I would see them. They'd turn up at my door. Um, they'd give me a call, or or something to that effect. And I could often perceive the conclusion to other people's sentences very, very well, mm-hmm. um, a lot more than I can now. <laughs> um, so all of these things were happening, um, as I said, in, in greater occurrences than they do nowadays. Um, and I just, I was absolutely confused as to why this was. And I kind of felt like I was some kind of subject of scrutiny, and that this made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, And obviously, yeah. Well, at the time, I had also, well, I had known for a while that, in my thoughts, I had understood that extraterrestrials existed, and so I assumed that there was something else behind this and so I thought Mm -hmm. could it be aliens (laughs) and um, and I don't know I just felt like I was being watched and that you know these happenings weren't normal because for some reason in that space of two Mm -hmm. to three weeks they happened a lot Um, and this made me feel very uncomfortable but it also drove me to Um, pin down the truth of it all Um, and I didn't actually find out what it was after a few weeks of delving into UFO stories and um, you know turning coming back empty handed that uh, I thought I'd I'd read the book that I had borrowed from the library um, and is that
0: light years? and
1: that's that's Yeah, that's Light Years by Gary Gary Kinder, and and that's pretty much when it all changed um, because, uh, yeah, it's pretty much where it all changed. There was a particular passage in this book that struck me because it was the, I felt like it was the understanding that I had, or the conclusion that I had reached um, on the field that day when I had that experience. Um, And I just remember feeling (laughs) scared, (laughs) confused, um, and as though someone had been playing an elaborate trick on me. Um, But I quickly came to the conclusion that that wasn't the case. Um, And I read the book again, and that's when I realised, you know, I'm going to need to take three months I'm going to need to take three months to decide whether or not I want to pursue the information in this book because I know that it will uh, change my life forever. And after the end of those three months, that's when I started to research everything okay. that I could possibly about why three,
0: why three my case.
1: Why three months? What made you
0: choose?
1: I thought I should okay. give myself Okay, a I just wondered period. why you
0: chose. I'm always curious, you know, as <laughs> yeah. to why people... Especially if it's something specific mm. like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not too sure why three could have been two.
0: But you gave yourself um, some time
1: to. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Bef- bef- to, to To decide whether or not mm-hmm. it was something I wanted to pursue because I just knew that when I picked up that book and read it, uh, if I kept going with all the information that there was to come later, I already knew at that point that it it would change everything forever. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I mentioned the um mentioned that section of the book that struck out well stood out for me. Um, and I have it here as well would you want to share it yeah that'd be so great. this yeah 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 so um i've paraphrased it but uh quoted the book it's in english um as best as possible mm-hmm. to keep it correct <clears throat> um so it, the passage was like this uh do you have time she would say um and this is ask it speaking Most often, he would say yes, because her instruction was more important than anything else. As he explained to Stevens, he was to get to know man, the soul of man, life of man, the background of the teachings. He was also to learn about nature. You learn a lot from nature, he said. You observe animals, sorry, you observe plants, animals, how everything exists, how it comes to life, how it dies, how it can live together that's how I learned the laws and commands of nature, the laws and commands of nature are the same as the laws and commands of creation creation is not a separate power, creation is everything Um, and that stood out for me because that's exactly Mm -hmm. how I felt um, that day on the field so, and I just thought it was so bizarre that that passage encapsulated that and um to me that yeah that, that, yeah. that changed Well, i noticed a also
0: that you mentioned the book cloud atlas and and that's something we mm, also yeah besides the movie contact i was just kind of shaking my head i, I read gary kendra's book too and found it very interesting and it was a, mm. and like you i you know i got everything i could get my hands on and that was part of it. You know, my, that wasn't the first thing for me. That was more down the road. But, but I remember a few years into knowing about the case, I read the book Cloud Atlas. I thought it was a very a great book. And it was very gratifying, wasn't it, to, to yeah. see um, a reincarnation presented in a more realistic way. That, you know, these people really weren't aware of their previous yeah. lifetimes, but they were somehow connected which I don't know if that's necessarily, you know, true in our cases, mm-hmm. but, um, and, and the, the part about um, the woman who, the part about Korea, I think it was in Korea, the chapter about Korea that, that haunted me. Mm. Um, they don't really, I don't think they say actually, mm. actually it's Korea, but um, you know, where they're using the, it's things are very overpopulated and, they're using, you know, recycling mm. the people that are the clones for food. That was very haunting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought about that a yeah. lot because um, it sounds a lot like some of the things that may be happening in our future, unfortunately. Some people may think that's extreme, but, you know, I think people will be surprised at some of the things that will have to happen to feed everybody. So.
1: I mean, there's yes. a lot to come before, of course. You know, the the sunrise mm-hmm. um, comes about. So, um, and it's true. I mean, there's a lot of us that aren't and need to go through all of the consequences of um, bad decisions before you know they realize they've got no alternative but to strive for is it, what's higher it, it, what
0: about that book
1: so really just,
0: um yeah
1: grabbed you why was that so
0: significant to you well i saw made, the movie first oh, and i oh, read I the book i did too <laughs> i did too yeah
1: yeah so so in the movie there's a quote uh from tomb to womb, we are bound yeah, to others. Yeah. Um, and not just that quote, but also it kind of made it kind of made the idea of being connected to others, um, and you know, to have lived. Other lifetimes, um, it sort of made that idea really very real. Um, And, you know, in English literature, they would say, oh, it's just, you know, the human condition. Um, But that these are all things that, you know, human beings experience. um, And we're not divided by, you know, the day or. the the lifetime or whatever it is, um, you know, we'll still experience all of those emotions and those feelings in one way or another. So it just kind of cemented um, the idea that there is really no, no gap in a sense from the people that came before. Um, They struggle through as many hardships Mm -hmm. as you know, we will. Um, and I think that really resonated with me because not only do I care a lot about, you know, the success of, uh, our humankind, but I also care because, you know, what I'm experiencing right now or what I've experienced, others have experienced as well. Um, and, if we have to experience, you know, suffering um, or, you know, some kind of horrible atrocity, you know, then there's people that have lived that before in the past. And I guess for me, it's, it's, you know, allowed me to draw the conclusion that, you know, this is no longer acceptable because, you know, the people before us have put in a lot of work, you know, to advance society to where it is today. But at the same time, you know, it's, we need to put a stop to all of the things that are going wrong and it's sometimes, and it's, you know, I've come to realize it's, uh, we can change our lives. Um, and as much as we wish to, you know, put an end to all of the suffering across the world, it's not realistic in this lifetime. It's not realistic but, you know, to um, to what? Yeah. It's not realistic it's not realistic to have oh, all no, the suffering of course not. end at once. Yeah, right. And it um,
0: starts with each of us.
1: And yeah. as the as that saying <clears throat> Yeah, and as that saying goes, you know, the um the way the mountains moved is uh, with with small, by carrying away small stones or, yeah, the journey is always done yes. with small steps. So, yes, we do. Patient, I guess
0: I think, you know, living in a society of instant gratification, <clears throat> it's probably pretty difficult for a lot of mm. people to, to realize that it is going to take a long time. Yeah. Look at how hard change is just for each one of us. Yeah. When we want it, when we want it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's
0: right.
1: Yeah. So. uh, (laughs) That's a a lot to think about, I guess. But But it's
0: always a good reminder, I think for ourselves. Um, And, uh, there's been a few instances, you know, when I've talked to certain people about um they reminded me to be patient with the process with p- other people, with myself. And uh, uh I needed to hear that, you know. Uh, it it really helped me. It resonated like you know, certain phrases echoed deep yeah. within you and you well, you know, yeah. I was at the center one time and Patrick Chanot said to me about something I was asking yeah. him about. He said, you need to be patient. And I was, I realized how true that was. It really struck me deeply. It wasn't just a bounce yeah. off thing. I really, for me, yeah. you know, he said just the right thing I needed to hear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, that, that same understanding translates to um, what I understand now is that there's as the saying goes there's a right time and a place for everything so it doesn't matter when it is it will happen eventually
0: yeah and I'm not just speaking Um, of these long term you know changes that take are going to take centuries you know from what we understand i'm i'm just talking mm. about also just the everyday uh f- yeah everyday yeah. stuff yeah, sure. that we deal with with for with ourselves and with so, others yeah
1: yeah so what i've come to understand in my own life is that it all falls into place when it needs to fall into place and all of the factors fall into place when they <laughs> when it's appropriate. Um, and it's all very contextual. Um, and all of the other causes and effects need to come beforehand. So, you know, just because we, we haven't really learned something today doesn't mean we won't learn it this lifetime, or, you know, the next. Um, so, I trust that everything, as long as, you know, we, we follow, um, you know, we strive for that, which is higher. Uh, I know from personal experience that when everything is ready to happen, uh, it will happen. Um, and, you know, that's such a general statement, but all of the factors when they line up, you um, you know, the context, the timing, the place, your thoughts, um, your evolution, where you whether you're think where, you know, asking the right questions once all of those things and, and many more, you know, come come into play and they are happening altogether, that's when it, you know, the patience pays off because you know, it'll eventually happen if you're striving for it, I think. Yeah. Or well, if people are striving for it.
0: Yeah, well, I I think um, that's true. But then you have those that are not. <laughs> and they want everything. They, you know, they have magical thinking. And so, and we're surrounded by that. So there's, there's a big mm, challenge right yeah. there to be patient with those that are lost and think everything should come without any effort or you know they don't get cause and effect and and so Uh you know not only do we have to deal with our own even though you know we have the teaching we have to deal with the the people around us who don't understand Uh it and and or think if they pray Uh and you know they're Uh going to get their wishes answered or if they're you know they appease whoever whomever they're praying to somehow
1: Mm. and yeah yeah so we um, I think I don't remember exactly where but um, I think Billy states that you know for the ones that are switched on um, these are you know incredibly difficult times for us because you know, not only are we working on ourselves, but we also have to work doubly hard because of the yes. constraints um, of society at the moment. But that also means having tremendous patience for what's happening at the you know at the yeah, moment, and, and yeah. having a lot of patience for other people um, because they obviously patience is connected with respect. Mm-hmm. So. You just have to have the. Yeah, that's you know what
0: I'm speaking of. That it's uh, there's a lot to the having patience. There's a lot to that, and Mm. with ourselves and reminding Mm. us. You know, even even if we're you know, uh, I was just reading the meditation book, and Billy was once again reminding Uh the reader, who at the moment was me, hey, you know, people have their issues, but so do you. So, do you, dear reader? (laughs) And I'm paraphrasing, of course. And I'm like, yeah, always need that reminder. Um, Even though, you know, I I go through, you know, like I've said this before, I go through times where I'm like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good here. And then suddenly I just have this, I think, not really. Yeah. (laughs) I think I have so far to go. Yeah. I'm kind of tired. (laughs) So.
1: Mm-hmm, but it's it is. Like that. It, I think I guess it's it is and that's and a flow. human experience that's yeah.
0: something that we all deal with mm. and that we all um and it's good to know that yeah. you know we're all dealing with that those same things those same challenges you know just mm. maybe slightly different shades yeah. different accents different places but but those of us who are 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 striving and and working to to be human beings true human beings
1: Yeah, so I brushed up on everything I possibly could (laughs) in preparation for this talk. I mean, I even, um, I was so preoccupied by it all that I missed the enrollment date at university. (laughs) So I'm having to deal with the consequences of that. (laughs) It just means that it'll be postponed by five months but um and and that's that's all right because there are other things that have take priority over over finalizing that course um apart from you know getting everything ready I Mm -hmm. guess you know I was that's my own fault I don't think you should oh I just regret for
0: you I (laughs) I don't feel responsible that would be strange (laughs) (laughs) I just felt yeah yeah, I I just was empathizing with you and because I know that 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 mm. where you that drop in that heart <laughs> the stomach that you go oh this was something I yeah. I wanted to do and yeah I, and I bungled it
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> well that's right and I was down from my last three subjects my mm. last four months um and then I'd have a paper I would have had a paper at the end of August but now I have a we'll have a paper I at see. the end of November <laughs> or mm-hmm. probably next year that says i have finished. <laughs> so um oh but i was saying yeah in re- in preparation for all this research i kind of <clears throat> gained some new insights that you have to be teachable mm-hmm. in every moment um because uh i don't know exactly where the quote is like, i'm pro- it's probably in my hand. <laughs> So I printed out a list of quotes that I thought were very important. Um, but I think it's from uh, Samyasa's explanations or the introduction into the mm-hmm. spiritual teaching um, from Contact Report 10. Um, and it goes something like every moment uh, is a creational moment. Every opportunity is a creational opportunity. Um, and so... There's lots to learn then, if that's the case. So, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been working on for the last two weeks, just trying to open up to this idea that every single moment has a lesson in it, (laughs) and it's true. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you like you said to, to to remain teachable. I know I made a comment to someone. We, yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about, but, but it was kind of like the, the lack of teachability, I, I guess would be a good way to put it. And I said, Yeah, the teaching often bounces off the ego. <laughs> so, mm. uh, uh, you know, and then that's one of the, the things that Billy talks about in his uh, the meditation book, which I bring up again because I've been reading it. And I think it's just wonderful. Is that, um, mm-hmm. um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, no, no, sorry, it's not your fault at my, all.
1: My no, fiddling. not at all. I,
0: okay. I looked away and suddenly, you know, how that happens. Um, well, I was talking about the b- bouncing out of the ego. And he said, um, oh, maybe it'll come back to me. Now I can't even remember um, what what I was going to tell you that I read in that the book, but, um, it was something to that effect Mm -hmm. that, um, that we, we often resist, you know, we we resist in many ways. Um, yeah. So, but that wasn't exactly it. Maybe it'll come back. I don't know, but, um, but I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. The, the more the, the more we resist the the more we hinder our progress yes. so yeah,
0: yeah. and I,
1: it's it's an illusion to be to to not to resist to want mm-hmm. to resist because the illusion of being safe is is false so yeah There's always something you yes, need to be Yes, there is
0: <laughs> always i mean even the player and her you know of course they're still learning and <clears throat> the timbers are still learning and it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, you know, I try my best to just to relax into it and say, it, it's just, it's such a relief to know that failure is part of, of life of learning of you have to, that, that yeah. that's, that was a huge relief for me. I mean, I thought that, but I was being told I was wrong, you know when I was young, I was saying, mm-hmm. Hey, isn't it, you know, I was trying to appeal to the, those punitive adults that were, you know, holding everything I'd ever done over my head. And I said, well, isn't it the person mm-hmm. that you become because of your risk, your mistakes, how you deal with them that really says who you are, not that you made them in the first place. Uh, I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it fell on yeah. deaf
1: ears. <laughs> so I tried. There was, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, I the first day I had my interview at my workplace, there's a quote that I saw on the wall, um, that I thought was fantastic because uh, it's definitely how progress is achieved. And this is by one of the CEOs in a, in a from from IKEA from a, a very long time ago. Um, it says we will fail fast, learn fast, and succeed fast. important and stay learning new things.
0: Can you're breaking up again?
1: Oh.
0: I don't know who's. I don't know if it's my connection or yours, Sorry. but um, pardon.
1: Um, resonated with because
0: Andre, I can't hear you. Hello, Andre. Hello? hello hi hi so if we have issues this time we know it's on my end i think
1: <clears throat> oh, oh i don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. hard to say it's hard to say yeah.
0: it some some calls go um you know really smoothly i've had calls where the the conversation actually just dropped three times like we were, we were recording But luckily, Uh, er, er, every recording gets automatically recorded. I don't lose any of the information, and 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 strangely enough, sometimes if you don't, the person I'm I'm interviewing doesn't sound very clear. When I go to listen to the recording to um, to um, analyze, you know, to edit it, they sound fine.
1: Mm, It's It's probably the real time the real time communication and yes. it's probably recording it independently of
0: yes i think yeah. so um okay. because um so what where we were at before was you were um going to you were talking about a quote you saw at work
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> let's give I, it a
0: try. I know, one more. This is the third. Let's see <laughs> if you can
1: actually. <laughs> yeah, okay. it shouldn't be so hard. <laughs> okay. Um, Yeah, we will fail fast, learn fast, and succeed fast. But most importantly, we will allow mistakes. That's how we innovate and stay on top of learning new things. Oh, Did you get wonderful.
0: That? Yes. It was perfect. <laughs> nice and clear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that must yeah. have been a nice thing to see at work. Yeah.
1: Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like like I said, we live in a society where we're just it's just starting to accept that mistakes are part of Hello, Andre. Oh no. Hello. Um, and,
0: oh, you cut out again. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> did you hear okay. me at all? Could you hear me ask, calling, saying Andre to you? Or, yeah. Or was, yeah. I, was I got. Oh. No.
1: Could be my end.
0: I don't know. Um, but let's just keep going. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we do have to. You were just saying, you know, so uh, often you'll see a quote like that but maybe it isn't quite like that you know they want it to be but people's mm. reaction is you screwed up and so you have to be punished not yeah not what did you learn from this you know yeah
1: exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. um so we're in this i feel like we're in this as a society we're in this weird stage where you know we we care more about the consequences and not the progress made so
0: yes i i think that's very true and that makes things you know doubly difficult yeah uh yeah. so you know you've been to the the center right the Samyasi silver star center
1: yeah i, I do, did I have you, been.
0: do you want to share that any about that to me with yeah us? it was
1: it was a really funny experience um I I uh, <laughs> I actually made Billy really cranky. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> the night the <laughs> night before because I had just I was in Europe and it's I was in winter, it's not the right time that they like to have visitors. Right. Um I had arranged it with Christian before and he said uh Uh, yeah, it should be no problem. We can make an exception given that you're, you know, know, you're so far away from the centre, Australia. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I rang the centre the night before at 11 o'clock and I just don't know how things work there. And Billy answered and I said, hi, I just wanted to let you know I'm coming tomorrow to visit. I didn't know it was Billy at the time. Uh, he got really cranky. He probably said a few things like, why are they ringing all the time? <laughs> oh. He passed it on to uh, his partner. I forget her name. Ava. Ava, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, okay, uh, so when are you coming and what are the details? Okay, okay, no worries. Okay, we'll see you then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um <laughs> I work. This was a particular track for me because I was a few hundred kilometers in the north at the time. I was staying on the border between France and Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to catch my train at 5 a.m. And if everything went to plan, which it did, uh, apart from one thing. Um, I would be at the center at uh, just after lunch, so 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. From so it was a very long train ride <laughs> from yes. the north all the way to the south. But I enjoy adventures, so this wasn't a problem. And I got to the I got to the station. I think it's Villa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for some reason, I naively thought, Oh yeah, I've I've walked this distance before. Oh, no, really? Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, nothing more like, nothing better than to get some and mm-hmm. uh, do some walking. And um, started walking and then encountered the 90-degree slopes. and
0: <laughs> Yes.
1: And uh, there was a sign which was pointed in the wrong direction um it was actually there was a sign that said uh, Shmidruti, and it pointed to the a field of snow, so I thought i won't trust my maps I'll trust the sign, oh no. <laughs> I walked out into the sign came you know into the into the the field of snow came across a field uh, a river, and I thought. No, I can't be this difficult.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this no. This doesn't
1: seem yeah. right. No. And so, anyway, I I kept walking. Um, I lost half an hour, so I I got there around one forty. Um, half, so I was forty minutes late. And and anyway, um, uh, I think I saw Billy he- heading on the way to town because probably if if he was going to meet me. I had probably missed the time and like
0: mm-hmm.
1: he, I think I saw him on the way to town to do errands. So um, I ended up have just having a nice lengthy conversation with Christian and uh, walked around the center and I was there for an hour and, um, and then uh, I, I met Bernadette as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I also met, met Barbara Hunch Um she, uh-huh. Yeah, she made a big impression on me. She's very friendly, and um, and then Bernadette barged in and said, uh, "This kid's got to go, and all in German, of course." And mm-hmm. uh, she said, "This kid's got to go, otherwise he'll miss his train trip and he'll be late." You know, you mm-hmm. know, and he's got to go, so <laughs> you better say your goodbyes quickly and keep it short. <laughs> I see. And, um, so I, I at this time, I caught the shuttle back and yeah Mm -hmm. that was my visit (laughs) there wasn't much to it
0: oh no that was short (laughs) yeah but that was
1: okay
0: That was that's fine yeah yeah Yeah, we we, uh we i i laughed when you when you said you about walking because Mm. you did walk right you ended up walking the whole thing yep well we were going to we had we had bags and we missed our the last bus from vila
1: Uh, because
0: we missed the train connection. mm, And, you know, because things were not going, this was one of our trips, things were Uh not going as we planned. It just wasn't, you know, it wasn't flowing. And Uh so um, we were going to, we asked, we saw a guy and we said, hey, you know, I asked him, I said, how do you get to Hinterschmidt-Ruti? And he goes, what? And I said, Hinterschmidt-Ruti. And he goes, oh, Hinterschmidt-Ruti. Like that said, oh, I didn't say it right. (laughs) So so he said, oh, you're not going to walk. <laughs> so, well, he said, "It's a long way, and he his girlfriend came from work, and actually we sat and visited with them. It was very hard because we didn't speak hardly any German, they hardly spoke yeah. any English, but we managed it was yeah. a nice visit, and we ended up going to dinner with them a few nights later nice people and but they gave us a ride to the center yeah to to uh the Freihof where we were staying, so yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you mean about that that <laughs> that trip. Well, from it w- villa to, you know, the center. Yeah.
1: Well, it was great fun. I mean, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I know now what not to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's. I've heard all kinds of stories. Like it doesn't always go smoothly. It just doesn't, and um, because you know it's very different, and it's another part of the world. And mm. yeah, it's you know, it, it can be, it can be tough.
1: So, I, I well, would, that, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, well, that's, that's good to know that you, it's interesting you went in winter.
1: So, yeah. So yeah. I, I was in, I had plans to stay in Europe for two months mm-hmm. um, and I was staying in Germany for a great deal of that and pretty much just sightseeing after I had finished my high school mm-hmm. and uh, yes. winter happened to be the month that we went. So. Right. Yeah, I understand. My German improved vastly after that um, Mm -hmm. that trip. So, yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as difficult um, as I thought it would be. So, yeah.
0: Well, that's it. Helps that you you learn to speak it before, so you're refreshing your your memory, I guess.
1: Yeah. So refresh.
0: Yeah, your skills.
1: Yeah, I. I kind of had to do German through a distance school because it wasn't offered at my school um, okay, and there was problems with that, so pretty much just had to learn everything by myself and um I knew the basics so i could um I could ask for things um and get around and you know wouldn't have problems but when I did have issues, it was because I forgot what a word meant, or um, I couldn't understand the the accent or the dialect. Sorry, because mm-hmm. it was you know this high German, of course, and right. different dialects. And um, and I remember this one inst- instance where I had forgotten the word for an umbrella, which is Regenschirm. Uh, and I just remember standing in the supermarkets looking at this woman and saying, um, it's raining outside, all in German, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I've forgotten the word that you guys use uh, for this apparatus that you <laughs> put above your
0: head. <laughs> and she
1: looked at me and laughed. She goes, oh, you mean an umbrella? Uh, I said, "I said Bingo. <laughs> And then I said to her, well, I'm sorry, I'm from Australia and I'm still learning German. She goes, it's really no problem. Here you go.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, some
1: fun times.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So...
0: <laughs> so, so what about your trip to Japan what is is, have you, is this something you've done or are you
1: no actually... uh, this is uh, something I I did uh, in March of last year okay uh, this was <laughs> sort of we knew that the coronavirus had just started there was a little very little information on it um, at the time. Oh,
0: I, I remember now, mm-hmm. uh, vaguely you, yes, that you went. Okay, go ahead.
1: And then, and then mid-March is when, when we were already in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, is when all of the information started to flood in. And we also found out what the situation was in, uh, in Japan. This was towards the second week of our trip mm-hmm. and, um, I mean, when we went we, yeah it was it was a knife edge decision because I pretty much was very close to not going and um but then of course, I invested all this money and and mm-hmm. we didn't know very much about it at the time. I talked about it with a few friends um and you know yeah you know, well how
0: it, were they dealing with it in japan did so you got to well. you were there while it, yeah. uh, while it was unfolding there right? correct
1: yeah quite yeah. well um they had 700 cases but they were all quarantined on a supposedly on a cruise ship in
0: oh i remember that in the a lot of people got sick
1: yes and that's where it all yeah. began because they really didn't implement the right procedures that they should have mm-hmm Um, but when we went to Japan, they were prepared. Um, I think it's because of the proximity of, uh, you know, geographically next to China and we got there, everyone had masks and the Japanese always a a good, a good 75% of them wear masks anyway, because they have allergies to the maple trees Mm -hmm. So that was already a cultural thing. Um, And we got there. Everyone had masks, hand sanitizer at every single door imaginable to the entrance of malls, the entrance of shops, the entrance of train stations. They moved fast. They really did move fast. Um, But we did learn, however as I said, you know, towards the second week that we were there, because we were there for three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, The Japanese government had been telling its people, if you have so much as a sniffle, don't come in, don't get tested, stay home. You know? So, Mm -hmm. obviously, whatever, whatever they were reporting was false, because they were telling but the real, the real number of people that were infected would have been false because they were actively encouraging people to stay home.
0: I suspected that, too, at the time. I couldn't believe how low their numbers were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we, you know, this pandemic has caused a lot of negative things, a great deal of negative things, but it's also caused a lot of positive things, I think, Um made actually make has made people think about important things i guess um we when we had to take public transport you know i had gloves hand sanitizer and a p3 mask you know equipped Mm -hmm. you know at all times um and was lucky enough that the way i had organized our trip was that we'd be in the countryside for a great deal of it. So for at least a whole week and a half, uh, we weren't in contact with other people or very briefly. Um, And yeah, as I said, they were quite serious about it to begin with, but, but yeah, it's just continued to spread anyway. So.
0: Yes. Well, people are now, you know, now that, it's known, of course, you know, we're already in the vaccine stage that mm-hmm. they've rushed out. People are still flying all over the place.
1: Yeah, they shouldn't be.
0: No, and, they shouldn't
1: um, Yeah, I, I've read, a, I've heard a lot about how the United States is responding to it, how it's been politicized. It's um, ridiculous. And how bad that is. Uh, in contrast, mm-hmm. if I can say, you know, our government, While the federal government hasn't really had much to do with it other than allow welfare grants for people in hardship, um, Mm -hmm. mostly the states have taken control of how they deal with the situation. And they've been quite good. Um, And people here seem to have a sense of community that um, if the government asks everyone whether you like it or not, to have a mask on everyone will just wear it. There's mm-hmm. been, I'm gonna say point zero zero point zero five percent of people have been against it, but generally everyone is wearing a mask when it when the government's required of them.
0: Right. And that's a small percentage really compared to yeah. I mean how does it look from your Uh, vantage point. How does the U.S. look? I'm almost afraid to ask this, but I have to. (laughs) How does it look to everyone? What are they saying about the U.S. and how we're dealing with it?
1: I feel very I feel a very deep sense of regret because, um, not regret but sadness, because, you know, you have 10% of people that are doing the right thing another 20% of people that are sort of doing what they can and then the rest of you know people are just in it for themselves or not looking out for one another or doing things yes. which you know only out of greed you know um and yeah, it's 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 tremendously disheartening because and saddening because you know i have a few friends in the states and you know there's a lot of good people out there that are going to suffer because of the the bad decisions of a few
0: yes and yeah even even you know as christian was saying you can be really careful and still get the virus and they're making it harder for those of us that are earnestly trying to not only protect ourselves but not sp- bread it to anyone else in case we've picked it up and we're asymptomatic mm, you know mm. it can't seem to get people here to of course some people understand but um you can't get i have r- relatives that they don't get it they say well I've been exposed and I'm fine nothing's happened to me and I'm just going you can carry it yeah though. Well, And give it to someone else that
1: may die from it. So the precautions I took, for instance, um, it was difficult because I had, I've, I had to quarantine. Um, and then...
0: Oh, you mean last, last year, year when you went to Japan? And then oh,
1: okay. I also lived, uh, like, the 12-week recommendation that was given in the contact reports just to monitor the symptoms because of the virus. So I only saw, and I limited as much as possible. Um, For instance, um, with my grandmother, I only saw her four times throughout the year. And that was 13 weeks after I had returned from overseas and was Mm -hmm. fine with no symptoms. And then every other instance after was absolutely only in case of, an emergency or something and obviously I'm like wiping down every surface I went with gloves <laughs> I had hand sanitizer the mask I said don't get too close don't hug me <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yes exactly well I, I yeah I'm not talking about the people who are being careful even at because some people were traveling there at the tail end like you said not a lot was known. Yeah. and uh, I mean my husband and I were in were in Mexico when this was, we knew of the virus before we went because I found out in um, late January, Uh but at the time um, it was being said, Oh, it's not going to spread anywhere. It's, and I thought, and I said, but how can that be true? You know, I'm still processing the information. How can this be true? Because Uh they, they aren't stopping travel. And so when we took our trip in February to Mexico, we, uh, I looked at Bill and I said, this will be our last trip for, I don't know how long, you know, as far as going anywhere. um, And now the only time we go anywhere is if we take our camper and we're not around anyone. Mm. We take all our own food. We, you know, we don't mingle. We don't sites, we don't go into town and we stop at a gas station with a, with a latex Mm -hmm. glove on, you know, that's the extent of our um, mixes with civilization. And yeah, uh, and and here, you know, because the governments didn't handle it properly, properly, and the health organizations, this is going something that could have been stopped very quickly exactly. is going on and on and on. Exactly. And and also because the people, you know, there's the responsibility of, of all of everyone. They just can't seem to make the sacrifice necessary. Yeah. For various reasons. Yeah. They think their liberties are being infringed on, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the yeah. police responded. The, the government's response here was that um, um, during the lockdowns, you know, you would get a, if you were outside your house for a, a reason other mm-hmm. than the basic necessities, you would get fined mm-hmm. for people that had. Right. This was before they put people into co- into hotel quarantine. Uh, right. Uh, and for people that had come overseas and had to self-isolate at home for two weeks, they were conducting random spot checks on our street as well, um, and they were finding people. I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars. <laughs> um, I guess the government took the approach that if they could make money out of people's be- bad behaviour, then that was a good thing. <laughs> and I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: well- While you were, um, what's kind of ironic is while you were in Japan, Mm. my youngest son was in Melbourne. He had just, he he had flown from, from um, Cambodia. Mm. And we, we were trying to tell him he, you know, he's a young guy. We're, we're trying to tell him not to go. We said, look, this virus, he thought, oh, mom and dad are overreacting, Mm. you know, over something. Mm because he just wasn't really that tuned into Uh, it. And we were trying to tell him and he's look, he's like, look, I don't really interested in hearing about this virus. I'm trying to tell you something else. And we're like, no, you need to understand that you, you really, you're going to end up being sent uh, home, or something, you know, to that effect. And, and then a few days later, he said, we're, we're here, they're there to find jobs and live in Australia uh for a year. And a few, and a few days later, I, we get another call and he says, we have to come home. I said, yes. He said there are no jobs. Everything's closing down. I said we, tr- we tr- that's what we were trying to yeah. tell you. So we, we had to put him in quarantine. <clears throat> like I, I had to get a a, a place for him <clears throat> to stay. A, a, you know, an apartment for him and his his girlfriend to stay in. We quarantined <clears throat> them um, from us too because you know they were traveling internationally, and they said very little precautions were being <clears throat> taken internationally we were expecting to hear that they were doing all these like making them wear masks and gloves they said no you couldn't even tell there was a pandemic yeah i was shocked i
1: was shocked yes yeah, so well mistakes were made everywhere because um
0: oh they were
1: yeah for instance we when we landed uh we were sharing a house with um housemates and mm-hmm. um we asked what are the procedures if we're house sharing, you know, with with relatives Um, and they had no answer for us at all. It was just confusion. Oh, wow. And so the best I could say is, well, if you can stay in your room and use the same bathroom and get food delivered to your door, that's the best you can do so. That's what we did for two weeks we stayed in in the mm-hmm. in the confines of the four walls and we didn't dare to go out even at 4 or 3 a.m. because of the random spot checks that they were doing. Yes. So I see. yeah, it would have been nice to have um some fresh air. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so here we are a year later
1: it's yeah, March. exactly
0: and yeah and um there's no end in sight you know and people think of course and now now all this stuff is coming out about the vaccines as we both
1: mm.
0: know that you know because we read the contact notes we understand ahead of time yeah. even if you know with our own logic and reasoning and reading science mm. you, you know I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to to see even without the player and telling us that if they're rushing yeah. vaccines out this fast, they're suspect, yeah. you know, we just don't have the technology to be, to develop things. Yeah.
1: Um, so the response of our first, uh, our first line of defenders or the medical staff in Australia mm-hmm. has been, we don't want to take it, but we will take it if. You know, we have to. Oh. Yeah, because because we know we all know how how um the vaccine you know hasn't had hasn't has been rushed and hasn't been tested. Yes, I mean when when polio was around that that took a long time as well, yes. and here we are. It we've did. done it in in what. 12 8
0: to 12 months yeah it's insane yeah and uh, you probably heard they you know several countries have now put a stop on AstraZeneca yeah. that was being administered because of blood clotting issues and of course they're trying to deny and you know my son made a a really good point about um, what the legal systems has have done to help destroy the honesty, deny everything. You know, all the lawyers tell all these organizations, just deny everything, deny everything. It's always about covering your butt, you know? Yeah. So here we are denying that these vaccines, well, not us, of course, but you know what I'm saying. Because
1: it's always about how much you can gain and not how much you can lose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Reality Ranch Podcast. My next interview should be with Bruce Lula, who does the translations on his Beam to Ing website. If you haven't seen Bruce's translations, I highly recommend you check them out. He uh, works in conjunction with Marianne Urlinger. That interview will mark my thirty my thirty um, first episode and my one-year anniversary since starting the podcast. I hope you can join me. Until then, Salome.